Hello and welcome to Two Old Guys on the Back Porch. I am Steve Scotch. We have the lovely and talented cat. That's C-A-T, running with the devil. Cat, what's up? Hey, how y'all doing? We can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher for a little while longer. Anyway, we also can be found on Facebook and Instagram. And anybody found our show on TikTok? Thanks so much for listening. Our two shout-outs today are small-town shout-outs. One is North Garden, Virginia. They're in Albemarle County. So they also have the Red Hill uh, Quarry there. But also it's a great place to find some Virginia wine with the Pippin Hill, Loving Cup, and Wisdom Oak Wineries. Our other place is Maidens, Virginia. And you can also find a drink there with the Courthouse Creek Cider and the Licking Hole Creek Brewery. Also, there's a great place to find country food is Tanglewood Ordinary. We know mm, that place well. It's great. Anyway, giving y'all a big round of applause. All right, alcohol is here to stay on the back porch. You know, a party... Without alcohol, it's just a meeting. Today, I'm having some 12-year-old scotch, hence the last name. I'm a Glen Livet guy, but any of the Glens will do. Kat, what you got? It's getting kind of hot here on the back porch, and I'm feeling kind of tropical. So I got me a passion fruit uh, martini. It's not quite a, what is that other one that's real famous, corn star martini, but it's kind of hidden that away. It's pretty good. Mm, sounds porn star like you, baby. Thanks, doll. I think. <laughs> All right, today we're going to go back in time. Let's go back in time from to 1986 to 1992. There was a show on television. Wait for it. It was called American Gladiators. Yep, I, I said it. I said it. Now, I know we mentioned this show before. A couple podcasts ago. It was on Cat's What You're Watching segment. But anyway, we're going to do a little deep dive into it because... Going deeper. You know, two old guys on the back porch, you know, we we saw this thing. It was 40 years ago, right? And ESPN did this two-part documentary on the American Gladiators, and it was a jaw-dropper. I mean, who had any idea... And anybody that's caught the Netflix version of Muscles and Mayhem, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. I I know you young cats out there, like, who the hell is American Gladiators and who cares? But to people kind of in their time frame, they saw it, they remember it, and who would have thought the whole behind-the-scenes thing was a horrible freaking mess? And why was it a mess? Because of this one scumbag named John Ferraro, who created... American Gladiators. Elvis but actually, a man named Dan Carr actually started American Gladiators, but John Ferrero just kind of took his idea and got it on television. He tried to pitch it first to be a movie. It's Pittsburgh. There weren't too many ideas up there. But it, it came on the tube. Me and the wife, you remember the show. Okay. Some of you would, what would we call like Saturday night? Like It was on every week. It was like an hour. Okay. And I actually thought it was kind of lame. Some of the challenges were okay. 
uh, some of them were just weak. I mean, it was like they would go from city to city, right? And right. like regular citizens would challenge them. Of course, you know, the regular citizens had to sign some paper. I'm sure that said if they got their neck snapped in half, it, it was on them. No liability. Now, what made the gladiators, if you, don't, if you didn't see this thing, made them different from regular Joe, was these guys and gals were yoked out of their mind. I mean, Jacked they had muscles popping out of everywhere. Package to the package. And, well, the package was probably not there. But no, that's true. On this, again, this was late 80s, early 90s. So can we say steroids? Yes, we can. Needles everywhere. And they admitted it. They talked to Gemini and Thunder. This was the names of these people they slapped on them. Thunder. uh, There were some other ones. And they admitted on the documentary, you know, that they they did the stuff. But if you remember the show, like Kat and I do, and, and you... You need to see the ESPN doc, okay? It's very well done. Like I said, a man named Dan Carr kind of came up with the concept. He was an iron worker, and actually he was one of the baddest-ass arm wrestlers on the planet. And in the 70s in Erie, Pennsylvania, he started this thing called the Hard Hat Olympics. It's like various competitions where... You know, men tested their strength against one another. Coal miners going at it. But unfortunately for Dan Carr, he met this scumbag called John Ferrero. Who at the time was an Elvis and impersonator. And like dude would dress up like, he kind of looked like Elvis. He did. Yeah, it after was a sad. few drinks, maybe. Yeah. And he he was like in the dive bars. I don't know if he did the Vegas strip or not. It it was that it just adds to the insanity of this whole story, really. That this guy was an Elvis impersonator and he bragged about it and thought he was good. So John comes out to one of Dan's tough guy competitions and the light bulb goes off, right? He's like, "Oh shit. We can make money on this. People will love it." And Johnny Ferraro, he was right. You know, he pitched the show. It got bought up. He got his lawyers to draw up the papers. He got Dan Carr to sign the papers. And bam, then time goes on and on. But see, Dan was supposed to have a cut of that, right? Well, then Dan, he doesn't hear anything. And then one night, his phone starts ringing. He's got friends and family calling up going, hey, dude. You're uh, American Gladiators. It's on TV. So he, he calls up Johnny Elvis Ferraro and goes, oh, what's up, bro? So Johnny finally showed up with a check that uh, wouldn't cover a house payment. And, and Johnny Ferraro, he not only stiffed his buddy, but he stiffed the Gladiators who were handed pretty much crumbs. The show started blowing up uh, in the ratings uh, like I said, I remember we watched this freaking thing. And Johnny Ferraro, this cat's going to the bank, okay? And everybody else is scratching their head. So when the gladiators that would be uh, Gemini, Malibu, Thunder, they they go up to Johnny and go, hey, bro, um, where's the scratch at? And he goes, uh, just wait for the second season. That's when we're really going to get paid. Well, guess what? 
the big payoff for the men and women of the gladiators was was that they were out there busting their ass. That, that big payoff, it never came. On top of that, if the gladiators got hurt, that was on you. Johnny, being the deviant bastard that he was, or maybe smart, he had backup gladiators. Where if Malibu got hurt, next man up, or next woman up, I mean, it was unreal. I mean, the gladiators, they, had, they were on lunchboxes, action figures. Hell, there was a, a video game. Mattel, Mattel made figures of them. These people were all, their faces were all over the United States and probably everywhere. And nobody was getting paid except for China. I mean, the story, again, this was 40 years ago. We remember the show and had no idea that this scumbag screwed over everybody. You know, the American gladiator. I mean, apparently it was like a writer's strike that's like right now. So they didn't have any product out to there to push. So, yeah, let's let's green light this thing. Well, let's also remember. That this was the 90s. I I don't know what happened in that decade. (laughs) Me and Kat had a lovely time and had kids together. Maybe we were lucky that we, we were, were at lucky. home and hanging out at the river and the beach. And st- there were TV programs I didn't see back in the '90s that I ended up being able to see later. On like I don't know, it was such bad taste in a lot of things. Well, let's go over it. Okay, the '90s. Okay, you got the American Gladiators. That was a farce. Don't forget Joe Francis, the scumbag that started God. Girls Gone Wild. And if you if you were up at midnight, you saw the commercials. Okay, John Francis, who's been accused of abuse, prostitution, tax evasion, the list goes on and on. Supposedly, John is in Mexico and still running from his charges. The U.S. Marshals are waiting for Joe Francis to put one freaking toe back on U.S. soil, and then throw his ass right in the slammer. Well, just like Hugh Hefner and his seven girlfriends running around town, I mean, that would not fly right now. <laughs> right. You know, the, 75-year-old the, with you, seven girlfriends. You Get were talking about 90s trash. Remember, we had uh, the Springer Show and the Mari Povich, that piece of shit. All of it was disgusting. You know, you put regular people on TV and just have them fight. In front of the whole world. All of it was horrible. Time for the paternity test. Don't forget about, oh, yeah, you are not the father. <laughs> I mean, those shows, it, was, it was one on every channel, right? It, right. It, it was complete filth. Don't get me started on the bands from the 90s. Just complete shit. I mean, Train, Mat- Matchbox 20. They all had a number, right? Some 41, Lit, Corn. The biscuit, sugar ray. I mean, buck I mean, cherry. I the, could go on. And the on Woodstock and on. documentary is there. We go. To like let's show you how bad it was. Let's put the cherry on top for the '90s. That'll be the Woodstock. It was '94, right. five, six, somewhere in there, and it was promoted as the uh, two more days of love. No, of peace and music. Right. To commemorate, what, the 25th year of Woodstock? Right. And let's see. They sold 160,000 tickets, but another 190,000 people 
just went right under the chain link fence. Okay. <laughs> just came, came right on in. Women got groped, raped. Misogyny and mud. That's what it was. Three people died. Hell, at the end of it, they, they tried to burn the son of a bitch down. Right. Wow. Way to go. But that's the 90s um, for you. We were there. You know, to tie the American gladi- gladiators into the 90s is kind of easy. Again, what was going on in baseball in the 90s? Steroids during the American Gladiators documentary on ESPN. There was a story where someone went into the dressing room of the American Gladiators, just like going into the clubhouse of the St. Louis Cardinals back in the day. Oh, there's a needle. Wonder what (laughs) what's that for? I mean, the the gladiators were roided up, which was part of the allure, right? Plus, like, they were partying and having a lot of sex, too. Wow, good for them. Now, check out the ones who hosted the gladiators. We had Mike Adamley, who who I remember. Joe freaking Theismann was on the show. Okay. My main man, Larry Zonka. Okay. Todd Christensen, who I believe he was a... He was an offensive end for the Raiders back in the day. Man, I'm just sorry these cats were, like, associated with this shit, right? They probably right. didn't know. They didn't know. They were A blip anyway. on the screen. Anyway, it, it was a crazy, crazy documentary. And, and they interviewed this Johnny Ferraro guy. He sits there. He kind of looks like Gene Simmons a little bit. He's got the same hair. But that suit he's got from the men's warehouse doesn't work. But he just sits there like he didn't do anything wrong. Um, just hair dyed black, kind of greasy looking. Uh, it, it, it's it, like like he did nothing wrong. But anyway, check it out on ESPN. It's a pretty good doc about the American Gladiators. It's worth a watch. All right, let's roll right into one tough son of a bitch. Pardon the French. Charil Anwar, born in 1922 from Medan, Indonesia. All right, let's look at the situation now. Okay. Indonesia was occupied by China, Japan in the early 1940s. Charil, he was a poet. Because, see, here on the two old guys on the back porch, we cover all the arts. And his stuff, it, it was getting censored by the Japanese. He, he dropped this poem called Grave about his grandmother's death. And, and it started to pick up some steam. Sharil Anwar was part of a group called the 1945 Generation. Trading ideas with other writers. They started a magazine. You know, his poems had themes of independence. It was the Harlem Renaissance of Indonesia. Why are we here? You know, and of course, his poems, he had poems about death. Um, I found a couple pics of this dude. Red eyes, very unkept, dark stare. Died at the age of 26. Well, we from found some a disease. lot I don't of know. pictures of him with a cigarette, so that might have been it. I don't know. I read some of Sharil Anwar's poems, and you should too. Very sharp, very to the point. 
the, uh, the anniversary of his death is celebrated as National Literature Day. And that makes Surreal Anwar one tough son of a bitch. Are we watching anything? Now? We're watching, and we watched this before, but I'm still going to bring it up. Because again, um, it is Outlanders Season 7. Uh, we are inching our way towards the American Revolution. Uh, the last uh, episode I watched, they're at Fort Ticonderoga there in New York. Uh, Claire and Jamie have joined the Continental Army there in New York. And it's good because, I mean, I know it's seven seasons. And there's one last season, eight, season eight's going to come after this. But it's really good because it puts you right there in American Revolution. Um, I don't know. It's... It's great because that is like the one war nobody knows anything about. I, I found out through Ancestry.com that I have relatives that fought in the American Revolution. So did I. <laughs> Steve and I come from families that have been here a long time. I have relatives from the 1600s here in Virginia. So for all of you who just moved here, hey, great to see you. Anyway, it's it's really good. It, it kind of tells you... Back then, you kind of had to pick a side. What side are you going to work? Are you going to fight for the king? Or are you going to fight for the Continental Army? Anyway, it, it's really good. I mean, our local, the Yorktown Foundation and Jamestown Foundations are now having screenings of this series, Outlander. You know, that's What's not, it on? It's on stars. It's like the only reason to have stars. We really. don't have stars. We have stars. We do. We do. Who bought that? Wow, I didn't know. You didn't know. Anyway. <laughs> All right, check it out. And anyway, it's it's a great series. You know, just down the road from us, you know, Cornwallis had an encampment just across down the road. Lafayette crossed the river right behind our house. So history is all around us. So I really encourage you, if you don't understand the American Revolution, check out Outlander. All right, today we're going to dazzle and amaze with the shot of the week. It's called the 4th of July, and we understand the 4th of July just went by. But, and, we're gonna but we rock. just did talk about Camaro Revolution. So we did. We're behind on everything. <laughs> so behind. Okay, the 4th of July shot, check it out. It's a layered shot. That shows best. off the colors of the flag. It looks good, kind of, baby. If you look at it, okay. Here's a tip for all these shots, or some of them: put the ingredients in the fridge for a little while. I want to chill them. This is a very easy layered shot. Agree, Kat? Yes. Okay. If you know how to layer, which I don't. Well, it's very easy. I want you to do it a couple times. Pour grenadine about a third of the way up the shot glass. Then pour some blue. Carousel. 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 Same thing. Slowly over the back of a spoon to about three quarters of the shot glass. And then do the same thing with your favorite vodka. And bam, you have the 4th of July. Cat has made us one. And it does sort of look, look a little red, white, and blue. All right, let's see what it tastes like. Not bad. I think that's good. That's pretty good. Damn. Thank you, Cat. You're welcome, Dom. Pretty good. Give the 4th of July shot a try. And I'm going to do, after this podcast, probably like four more of them Yikes. in honor of the 4th. 
All right, today we were bumpered in with a band called Surf Course, formed in 2013 from Reno, Nevada. We got Nick Radigan, Jacob Rubick, Henry Dillon, and Noah Cole. Surf Course, they set up shop in L.A., established a fan base because their freaking live shows are just off the hook. Freaks was the first song I heard. Probably, if you've heard of Surf Course, you know the song Freaks. Kind of made me pay attention. Today, we were bumpered in with a song called Disco. I also like the song they got called Forever Dumb, which it could be a stroke song, but the strokes suck and Surf Course don't. Okay. They are touring right now, uh, August 5th and 6th at Bleached Fest. Uh, August 12th to the 13th, day in, day out. And they're also the 7th Street something in an entry. Wow. I don't know where it is. Check them out. Surf course, wherever you get your music. We want to thank everybody for hanging out on the back porch. And we will see you all down the road. See ya. I can try, but I can't hide it from you. Bye.